Hi, and welcome back to The Migrant Perspective with me, Sarah Fashola. Today on the show, I have a special guest with me as always. His name is Ajibola. Um, Jibola is my husband, and today we are going to be talking about racism. So we will be sharing our perspective, our experiences um, regarding racism. And But before we start any of that, I would like Ajibola to introduce himself, please. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Ajibola. So Sarah and I migrated to the UK a number of years ago. Uh, initially, I came to do my master's degree, mm. and after that, I was lucky enough to get work experience, and I've been fortunate to still have the opportunity to work in the UK. Mm. Okay, that's it. Short and sweet. Yeah. Right, let's get into it then. So, first of all, I want us to talk about... Um, our experiences and sort of approach to racism how how do you how do you approach racism and obviously before you can define how you approach racism or before you can explain how you approach racism you have to have experienced racism so have you ever had a experience with racism and also how do you define racism i mean we all understand what's the technical meaning of racism is it is a systemic um oppression systemic discrimination against a group of people based on their skin color right or their racial background so we understand that however what i found is that different people define racism in so many different ways so what is racist to me might not necessarily be racist to you and i know that we've had sort of different we've had different experiences when it comes to racism we approach it in different ways i want to hear your approach and why you have decided to take that approach and i want to know how you define racism I think one out, one that happened well, maybe about nine, not nine years, sorry, like seven years ago. So there was a guy who was supposed to come and install or replace a washing machine in, in my house. And I don't know how we got talking. And basically, I, from the discussions we were having, he started saying, oh, that, like, oh, where am I from? I said, yeah, I'm from Nigeria. And he's like, oh, I'm like, he was just getting to the point that oh I'm just I've come here to live here with my family and you know like why am I not like back in my in my country and stuff like that. I was like, well, really? I've come here with I brought my money here to pay for my for my master's I've finished a master's degree, you know, and <laughs> I have every I have every every right to be here because I paid for I paid for the for the degree but he, i could just tell from the way he was you know speaking to me that he just if for, if for some reason he felt he was better than me even though he was there installing sec, second hand um washing machines in in a property you know mm. so but it's it just i kind of you know i was a little bit hurt but Eventually, I just thought that that's just a silly person. I should have even taunted him a bit more to tell him that, look, I'm going to stay here. And I'm going to live here, you know, and you, there's nothing you can do about it. That's news to me, you know. I've never heard that before from you. Okay. Well, I just didn't. And it's just this thing about, you know, when you keep sharing things with people. I don't, I particularly don't share so many things that I come across because I always think about how is the person going to react and 
what impact would that would that have on the on the person so that's why so I decided why would you not, not share to, with me well i didn't think at that time that's something you would have wanted to to hear and to have because you, you think know, i'd be probably made things made things um i don't know if you say worse is the right but it wasn't appropriate to to share at that point in time really mm. yeah so how do you I mean, I assume obviously you, you can define racism because you have experienced it. And in our previous sort of conversations that we've had, from what I gather, you you are more bothered by a certain type of, should I say, quote unquote, racism than another type of racism? Uh, yeah, it's more discrimination rather than blatant racism. Like if, if someone insults you based on your skin color or you know how your hair is or wh- how what your n- nose looks like like attacking your physical appearance yeah that yeah. that doesn't really bother me but it's really? it's when it's when people start to feel oh okay no you're not good enough to do this or oh we'll give these other people opportunities some opportunities before you get the opportunity and there's no clear reason why other than maybe just based on where they've come from Mm. that's that's really the those are the things that i think have more lasting effects on on people because it could prevent you from getting training that you you require and you getting ahead with work or you know remove certain opportunities like in that, school as well because yeah. you hear of like kids being told not to pursue a certain line of career yeah because, because you don't think they're they they are good go enough to school or something yeah ridiculous. and you also hear about it when you know recruiters are giving the same cv but the name is different mm. and obviously because they know certain people with people with certain names in, come from certain parts of the world yeah. they just or can already start filtering those people out and those are the type of things that i personally i don't like because those are, that's something that has a lasting effect on the individual Mm, rather than just a racial slur, for instance. Yeah. I mean, obviously, those will hurt you, I'd assume. Like, somebody called you, I don't know, yeah. like the N-word or something really horrible. Yeah. That would hurt, but it wouldn't have a lasting effect because, yeah, yeah whatever, water off a duck's back, I suppose. Mm. Okay, well, that makes sense. I, I understand that, but I think it might be down to maybe personal, maybe your personal, like, tendencies. Because I want to ask you, say, for instance, in that situation you talked about with the guy fixing the washing machine, you seem to have a more sort of level-headed approach to these kind of situations. So, whereas for me, I tend to be more, I don't know, I'm, I'm usually more sort of mouthy when I get these kind of insults or insinuations or whatever. Okay, so I think we both agree on the fact that there's a lot of public discourse on racism and discrimination these days, both in, you know, the news and on social media. You know, rightfully so. We all need to be educated about, you know, these issues. There's nothing wrong in information, right? However, do you think that the sort of ubiquitous nature of this information, of this discourse, do you think that that might be causing hypersensitivity to racism amongst black people? Um, obviously that sounds like a general statement to make, but I think for me personally, I know that I consume a lot of, you know, information, 
I read a lot of news. I'm slightly obsessed with news these days. And, you know, news is hardly ever good. You know, it's it's, it's always some some depressing nonsense you hear in the news. And so I think that for me, that might be a bit of a contributing factor to how sensitive I have become. And I have I have actually, you know, I've noticed that and I'm trying to sort of walk myself back. So my question is, even though this is such a fine line to walk, you want to be educated, but at the same time, you don't want to be inundated. You don't want to be um, living in this echo chamber of information or sometimes misinformation that, that might bring about some kind of, you know, hatred uh, and believe it or not, bigotry towards other people because black people can be racist too. I mean, we do it to ourselves, like, let's not even start talking about colorism and all the other nonsense, you know, that we do. So how do we straddle that line between educating ourselves and our children about racism and racial behavior without developing these negative attitudes towards the people that we share this earth with? Well, I do think the the media, the media does have an effect on you know, how on maybe an individual's mindset at like, but at the end of the day, it still boils down to the type of person you, you are and how you want or allow these new stories to, to affect you. So yeah, that's how I see in terms of the hypersensitivity. I think it does have an effect because if you keep, especially with the way news is, Mm. um, craft, well, not crafted or the way news is, um, fed yeah fed to people if you, when you keep reading certain stories similar stories keep popping yeah. up and you keep seeing the same re- thing yeah so it almost again. seems like oh this is a this is happening everywhere and every time yeah, yeah. but i think also yeah just like i just like i've said it, it boils down to the individual i think yes yeah, some people when they keep seeing these new stories they get enraged they get upset and they get very hypersensitive whereas i yeah, that's think me, others would probably be a bit more level-headed and realize that, look, it's not... Yes, it might be happening in a lot of different places, but it doesn't mean everyone is out to do that to you. I think you could maybe compare that to when, you know, people in 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 the West, you know, they get or they talk about all these stories of um, fraud and the like from maybe Nigeria. You know, they say, oh, it's like, oh, every... Every Nigerian is not out there to defraud, to defraud you. But some probably think that way because that is how their minds or that's how they think. So when they keep reading these stories, they feel, oh, every phone call from Nigeria mm. is a potential Fruit person stuff. trying to scam me mm. and things like like that. But someone else would see that, okay, well, yeah, this thing does happen, but not every Nigerian is out there to to scam me. Okay. But yeah. So if you say it boils down to like personality type and the kind of person that you are and say if you're somebody like me who is very prone to being reactionary, who gets, you know, easily inflamed by these kinds of news and stories and stuff, how, how do you handle that? Like, do you, what, what would you say? Like what, you're my therapist right now. What would you say to me? (laughs) Um, I think, well, you just need to, obviously, if you know this type of things upset you, I would advise you, you keep away from consuming too much of things like that. Of course. Because it's, it's, it really doesn't help 
personally, I don't believe it, it helps to keep getting reminded of such sad stories and things like that. Mm. Because if not, it starts to affect you mentally. So, and if you, if it's something that, if you're someone that you tend to get um, upset very easily or you react quite mm-hmm. easily to that, you f- might find so, um, unconsciously you might be reacting in an unfavorable way to other people who, you know, they haven't, they haven't done this thing to you or to any other person, but you might, you might start to act out to, to <laughs> other people. So I think it's one cut down on, on such media and when you know okay yes you see we do see these stories that you know it goes viral and everyone talks about it yeah that does happen but maybe just cut down on those types of of stories because there would always be another one that maybe isn't as popular but if you keep looking for them you'd keep finding them of course okay yeah (laughs) that's good advice so when we want to talk about racism with our children how do we educate them? Again, going back to the same question of just finding the balance between education slash information and potential, um, potentially being guilty of what you are condemning. You understand mm. what I mean? So how do we, how do we give our children? What are the tools? What do we need to do to our? What do we need to say to our kids? I think it's uh, it's it's fairly simple. Well, maybe it's not, mm. but I think if you treat other people the way you'd expect to be treated, that goes a long way in you know making things making things easy for you. Mm. And yes, you do meet there are bad people and there are good people in you know from different places in different uh, parts of the world from different races and mm. and the like. And there are some people who are from the same race or same tribe that I'm from that I would probably never want to come across again. Yeah, but that's that's how that's how it is and it's it's about teaching children that this is the fact and this is the truth. And I personally am against um generalizing about, you know, groups of people to say right. oh all Just Nigerians are statements. all Nigerians are X or all Nigerians are, you know, why why so it's i find it very yes i could say maybe nigerians tend to be a certain have certain traits Mm. or do certain things but Mm. not especially when it comes to especially when it comes to being good or being bad or doing having some negative qualities or Mm. positive um qualities i find I, i i personally don't don't like doing that i can say that okay maybe a good number of people I've met from certain places are in this way, but I wouldn't believe that every single one of them would be like that. So I think it's the same thing. You need to let children know and understand that they take each person as, as they are. the person, yeah, as they or are. As a pres- okay, so let's so switch up, switch the gears a little bit, because we obviously we can't talk about everything to do with racism. But we want to address the fact that we're both Muslims and that is a part of our identity that we strongly um, adhere to, right? So I have, you know, I've had experiences in the mosque where I have been made to feel uncomfortable. And I want to ask mm. you if this is the same for you. Have you ever, you know, had 
an experience like that in any mosque since we've been here in the UK? I don't believe I've had any experience like that mm -hmm. in the mosque. And or maybe that's happened and I just haven't noticed. But or really, maybe I've just been high percent. I don't think I have been. It's happened many times. So OK, gonna... well, it is it is possible that it could have happened. And that's we will have different um, experiences. But sure. no, it has that's never happened to me in the in the mosque before. OK, so um, for me, because of, you know, feeling slightly unwelcome or not slightly feeling greatly unwelcome in certain mm. mosques it did have the effect of you know me not wanting to, to go to the mosque as often as i probably would have loved to because again if you don't feel welcome in a place you, you're not really going to frequent that yeah and that doesn't help anybody especially us muslims we need to be connected to the mosque so obviously we have established that this isn't something that will happen to every single person yeah but then say for somebody like me who has experienced this and they're having some feelings of detachment from the masjid, how, what advice would you give to somebody like that? Like, how do you deal with that kind of a situation as a Muslim? Well, I think one should first speak to the, speak to the imam. If, or actually, if something like that does happen in the mosque, mm. if you feel confident enough, you could ask the person, like, why he or, well, or she's, treating that way and maybe from the person's response or maybe in the person's answer you'd get a bit more details or information as to why the person has behaved in that way and if you clearly you, you are very sure that this person is just being racist mm. you could then you know go to speak to the imam or the um council or board that manages the manages the mosque but mm. personally i wouldn't i wouldn't allow such a person take the right of using the mosque away from me because sure. that mosque belongs to me as much as it belongs to him or her mm. and they have no rights to make me feel unwelcome mm. and you know it's it's yeah i just wouldn't i, I would make the, the person would would have to get comfortable with with me being there and that's i'll do whatever and i can whether to you make, like it or not yeah i'll make sure i'll it. make sure the person <laughs> really understands that that is my purpose because she has no right to tell me to leave the mosque or not do what i'm supposed to do in the mosque obviously as long as i'm i'm not breaking any rules that the mosque has in place and i will mm. definitely speak to the to the imam about okay. about such such a thing and you know maybe hopefully you can speak to the congregation maybe on a khutbah or something like that right so but okay so i i get that i absolutely understand that and that makes sense because you don't want anyone taking that right away from you but what about little things like you know you say salam to somebody and they're not saying salam back to you and i have you know i've brought this up with a couple of friends some people have said oh yeah it's happened to them too and other people have said oh it might be that maybe they didn't hear you like give you know how they say give a muslim the excuse yeah and again just like the masjid thing i'm not gonna lie a lot of times i see obviously muslims women because you can tell a muslim woman and i'm like i don't really want to say salam because all i'm gonna guess is you know blank face i'll get ghosted or mm. sometimes it would be a smile they don't say walaikum so yeah you know well the, the thing is salam is for the muslims you are 
you are supposed to give give salam to a Muslim as you know as long as you know the person is a Muslim, Muslim. or believe the person is a Muslim, you should say salam to the person. Mm. And like you said, for women, it's they are easily identifiable. But mm. the thing is, unless you know this particular person doesn't answer your um, teslim, mm. you really can't tell if that person is going to answer or not until you actually make teslim. And you are supposed to do that right. if you know the person um, is a Muslim. Yeah. You know, so you sh- you should be you should be the one initiating initiating it. initiating it at all times. And if if you see this person and regularly doesn't the person doesn't respond, you could if if the opportunity is there, you could ask the person that did you hear me make Teslim or you know or maybe. Yeah, it's I don't know. The person could if it's some rando on the street. Well, yeah, obviously you can't. <laughs> you if it's can't somebody see. randomly, it doesn't matter. You do your bit and just keep. Yeah, moving. you just keep going, and that's mm. that's the end of the end of that. It's uh, the you are not um, liable for anything. It's that person that hasn't done the right thing by not responding. Responding. So it's it's up to them to you know to do that. Fantastic. Okay, so that is the end of our chat. Thank you, Jibola, for joining me, even though I didn't really have many options. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I I didn't know you didn't have many options. But yeah, I was happy to to talk about about this and share my experience on this topic. So yeah, thank you for inviting me. All right then. Fantastic. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Mm-hmm.